From the PSIA AASI studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair. Great guest today, emerging leader Jonathan Delks. Jonathan, thanks very much for taking the time to chat with us. Thanks a lot for having me, George. Now, let's talk about your beginnings in the sport. I know you ski and snowboard. First of all, how did you get started skiing, and then how did it transition into snowboarding? So my first time skiing, uh, much like a lot of people, was with my dad. Uh, we went to the top of Sandia Peak, uh, took the tramway up from Albuquerque, uh, where I grew up, and uh, skied down in a pizza wedge as hard as I could uh, with him skiing behind me and letting me know how to do it. Uh, wait, I think wait, I wait, wait a like, second. Your first experience was the top of Sandia Peak. Yeah, yeah. That's and, where we started. And you stayed with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, I was eight or nine and uh, definitely flew off into the trees here and there. Definitely, we picked a powder day. I think it was a soft snow day. Um, I I have a couple of vivid memories of close calls, and I think I did run into a lady. Um, but it was a good time nonetheless. Yeah, I got to be out there with my dad. And uh, I think we had three or four more experiences uh, growing up between then and uh, when I decided to transition to snowboarding. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday, uh, my eighth grade year, uh, a buddy of mine invited me up to ski Santa Fe uh, to go learn how to snowboard with him. And uh, we went uh, and took a lesson. And about halfway through the snowboard lesson, we ditched uh, and left and went and taught ourselves how to snowboard. And um, had a pretty good time. Uh, I think there is some irony there that I ditched my first snowboard lesson and now I'm a snowboard instructor. Yeah. And I want to explore that irony because I think it's really important because what happened during that lesson that made you want to leave? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I, I think back to that and it was just so slow. Uh, like, we just weren't really doing anything, a lot of sitting around, a lot of waiting. And then when we did have our chance to do something, we just didn't cover much ground. So uh, I, I think we were just so anxious to do it, to get up on the board and start sliding that uh, we were willing to take the risk of going off on our own over uh, spending more time sitting down. And how did that affect you as a teacher? Because I think that first lesson that we take, it's unforgettable. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've spent some time forgetting mine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's nothing against uh, you know Santa Fe, and they've got a great crew down there. Um, I just think it was a different time with uh, snowboarding. Uh, it was kind of right around the start, and people were just starting to give snowboard lessons. Um, but... Uh, you know, I think for me and my teaching, where I, it's really taken me is to engage and move. I try to keep every lesson I teach as active as possible. And whenever I can, rather than doing things one person at a time, I try to create scenarios where everybody's moving uh, and learning together. Now, at what point did you decide that you wanted to try teaching? So I uh, was at the University of Colorado, uh, Boulder, and I had been snowboarding for a season at Eldora. Uh, they had these great season passes. They were $99 with your student uh, ID. And so that was my first season pass. Got up to school, 
uh, bought a $99 season pass and would go to Eldora as often as I could. Um, I kept going, kept going, and uh, I ended up riding the chairlift with some instructors and um, getting some tips here and there. And then eventually someone said, hey, you should, uh, you should apply for a job. You'll get your pass for free. And I was like, oh, that sounds sweet. Um, so uh, I applied and and I think I walked into the ski school office maybe five or six times, uh, bothering the assistant director, Alicia, who's now one of my best friends. Um, <laughs> I think I bothered her so many times before she actually gave me an interview and, and considered to take me on. Um, but back then it was not just like an interview and hire. It was an on snow tryout. I think we were the last year of the on snow tryout. So it was, it was pretty intense. So you went through your on snow tryout. You're a student at CU Boulder and uh how much teaching did you do that first season so my first season i think i managed to teach one maybe two lessons i did my best to backline so i could go out and snowboard as much as possible uh which was super fun made tons of friends and really really enjoyed uh getting out there and um snowboarding <laughs> every every day i could uh such a novelty to just be able to be you know 20 minutes from downtown boulder up to eldora and be on a lift and riding and it was just so affordable it made it, it made the sport accessible to me um i didn't have the greatest car and i uh, didn't have the most money to be spending uh driving up to summit county and, and buying the, the veil pass uh i think it was the one of the super pass for copper and winter park back then um so it was uh eldora was my access point and uh you know, fast forward uh, to my second year, third year, I actually didn't get a certification. I don't think until my third year teaching. And uh, after three, three years teaching, uh, started coordinating and getting that first certification was more along the lines of trying to uh, um, legitimize myself and kind of show like, yeah, no, I have the pen. I, I, I think I know what I'm talking about now, so I, I can I can be a coordinator too. Uh, so it was it was really kind of an external motivation to get in there and and get that certification. Now, were you teaching full time? Now, I mean, you're still a student. Yeah, still a student. Um, I was coordinating a program on the side uh, called Colorado Ski Academy (BSA). Uh, they would. Uh, use these uh, big buses, like these tour liners with like, you know, a whole like, oh man, like maybe like 50 or 60 kids. And they'd be uh, like inner city kids from Denver and they'd truck them all up there. And we would have like maybe two, two and a half hours to get them off the bus, switched into rental gear, uh, whatever we could find for gloves and goggles and helmets to, to, you know, patch them together to make sure they had all the stuff they needed and then we would break them into lessons and then get them out there skiing and riding as quickly as we could. Uh, <laughs> it was a, it was a cool program to engage with. Uh, it was really fun to, to be a part of. Um, but yeah, the certification, at, you know, coordinating that program, I don't know how much certification was important uh, for doing that job, but it definitely for me was uh, trying to legitimize my role a little bit. So it was my first step into um going in that professional track. And yeah, I remember that, that certification course vividly. It was, uh, it was super fun. Uh, Rob Baker, I think he was working out of Aspen Snowmass at the time, uh, was the examiner and, uh, just a 
a really cool guy took a lot of time with us and had a different way of teaching. And it was, it really kind of got me excited to, to teach more snowboarding because I had new information and new ways of seeing things. And, um, just, uh, just kind of lit a spark or ignited my, my passion for the teaching a bit. And it was a, it was a really good time. You had some really good role models up there as well. Tim Kenny, uh, who's now an employee of Rocky Mountain, uh, PSIA Rocky Mountain. Yeah, man. Uh, Timo and I are pretty good buddies. Uh, so I had, uh, think I'd just gotten my level two certification um, that year. Uh, the year Tim decided to move up to Eldora. And uh, I was running the kids center at that point. I was the children's center director. Um, and as the children's center director, uh, Tim had stepped into the adult and privates coordinator, uh, position. And so uh, every morning we were, um, carpooling to work and spending time together in the car, talking, snowboarding, uh, we would have days off together and we'd spend time together, uh, going up to Summit County, uh, go train half pipe at copper. And, uh, he really helped me step up my game. Um, he had just gotten his three and I was working towards my three. Uh, and then when I, and he helped really get me to that level where I could pass the exam. And I really, uh, think he had one of the biggest impacts on, uh, on me getting to that level. So I'm, I'm so stoked to have a buddy like Timo and to see him growing in the industry as well at the same time. It's, it's pretty cool. I'm looking at your career and you now being uh, designated as an emerging leader, it seems like you've been really wanting that role all along uh, from starting out just wanting a free pass. And then you organize this kids program, which sounds amazing. Then you were running the kids program, working your way up through certification. What, when do you think the mental shift occurred? Uh, when you say mental shift, like the decision to, to just go all in, in the ski industry, that's it. <laughs> well, uh, I, I don't know. That's actually a tough question to answer because I just kept getting certifications and kept doing the job. And, uh, I was having, I was so busy enjoying the work and having fun with the crew I was working with, um, up at Eldora. I mean, uh, working with Rob Lynn and, um, Alicia, uh, Talbot and working with Tim Kinney, um, we just, we had a posse and we, we worked together so well. And I looked forward every fall to getting back together with the crew and, uh, and working in the ski school and hiring the new instructors and training them. And, uh, I think where it really clicked was when I, um, I decided to go for that level three certification, uh, and, and really go all in. And Tim was a big part of it. Um, uh, kind of encouraging me to get, take that path. And then, uh, the summer before that last season at Eldora, um, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, uh, we had decided that we were going to move to New Zealand. Um, and we decided to save up our money, scrape it all together. And then, uh, that May, May, 2011, uh, we were going to jump on a plane and, and fly down to, uh, New Zealand. Uh, we weren't sure where we were going to live. We flew into Christchurch, uh, right after the, the earthquakes and, uh, bought a car and drove all around the, the South Island trying to figure out what was next. Um, I had actually applied for a job, uh, to be a ski instructor at Cornet Peak or a snowboard instructor at that time, uh, at Cornet Peak and, uh, 
was rejected. I was told, uh, there were other candidates with more experience than me and, uh, I didn't really like taking no for an answer. <laughs> so, uh, headed on down that direction. Um, and I think that was it. I think that was the transition moment where it was, I'm, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to make this a year round thing. I think that was when I, I put all my chips in, uh, and went for it and no regrets on that. It was, uh, it's it's been a whirlwind since, and I'm super excited where the ski industry is taking me. And where are you now? Um, you know, right now uh, I'm sitting here in Carbondale, Colorado, uh, with a lifestyle kind of carved out in the Roaring Fork Valley. Um, I spend my w- winters as the lead trainer uh, for the snowboard school of uh, for new hires. Uh, so there's four lead trainers in the uh, snowboard school. Um, I watch over the new hires. I help bring them on, get them up to speed, uh, and give them enough to, um, get out there and, and teach some lessons. We don't hire that many new and inexperienced, uh, snowboard instructors. So it's a small group that I get to work with. And then the experienced ones, uh, we, we take their experience and we try to craft it and mold it to how we do things here at Aspen Snowmass. And, um, it's just a, it's really cool because you have to have, uh, a deep touch of what the culture is for the Aspen skiing company, as well as a, a deep knowledge of, of how to, how to teach and, and how to share that, um, with new, uh, instructors who haven't had the opportunity to teach before. Uh, I do that and I've gotten more involved with, uh, some back of house administrative work with the Aspen Academy, uh, helping run our online, uh, uh, registration program for training and, uh, blog content development, uh, and training content development for our, um, almost 1400 instructors that work out of the four mountains. Uh, so that's been a really excellent opportunity, uh, afforded to me through Jonathan Ballou and Josh Fogg, uh, who've been awesome mentors, uh, bringing me through the works. Um, and now I'm based at Aspen mountain. Uh, I teach a lot of skiing as well as snowboarding and uh, I get to work with, some of the legends of the industry uh, under the leadership of Andy Dockin, who's a legend in his own right, and um, get to spend my winters doing epic things like going on trips with uh, Kate Howe to um, do cat trips in the powder up at Chatter Creek in Canada and uh, go run exams around the Rocky Mountain region as a level one examiner. Uh, so, I would definitely say my career has shifted dramatically over the last few years, but that, that dream job that you see, uh, when you're just starting out, like, I want to do that. I want to, I want to lead people through the powder, through the trees. I want to get my photo taken. I want to go out and be, be the, the guy or the gal. Uh, I, I feel like I'm doing that and it's pretty awesome. Now, what did you feel like when you learned that you were designated an emerging leader? Um, I was kind of shocked, uh, to, to say the least. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty easy to look at that list of people that I'm, I'm sharing the article with. And, uh, what's funny is I know a lot of them, a lot of them I worked in New Zealand with, which is really cool. Um, like Pete and Carrie, uh, I was so stoked to see them on the list. Um, they're just an awesome couple that I, I really enjoy getting to know down in Queenstown. Um, so I, I felt honored and humbled for sure, because I look at the, the list of people and, and all their accomplishments and I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm part of this team. I'm part of this crew of, 
those people coming up in the industry. And I also had to take a minute and think, man, somebody nominated me for this. And, uh, and I, I'm not a hundred percent sure who it was, uh, um, but the fact that somebody looked at me and my career and said, this guy, he might be going somewhere. Uh, it was a bit of a vote of confidence. And so I felt really encouraged uh, to keep going and doing the things that I'm doing. Um, so I, I really appreciate the acknowledgement. Um, but I would say it's not, a, not everything always, co- always comes easy. Um, some of these positions that I get to, to have, uh, for each accolade I've had, I've had 10 times I've raised my hand and been told no, not yet. So, um, it's, it, it, it hasn't come without trying. Now in conclusion, we've got about a minute left. I'm really asking all the emerging leaders, please give us one tip that you think could help us become better instructors this coming season. All right. I'll try to keep this brief. Um, everybody likes to talk about the soft skills right now. And I think where we're really missing out is a specific hard skill. We need to see the center of mass. We need to teach from the core out. If the center of mass is not over the base of support, the whole thing falls apart. Forget about trying to dig in your big toe or your pinky toe on your skis. Forget about trying to flex your ankles, the edge on the snowboard. If the center of mass is not over the edges that are working, it doesn't work. So, Spend more time getting to look at the core of the other of your guests or the people you're training and make sure that it's where it needs to be for the whole picture to work. If the core is not in the right spot, go back and start over. Jonathan Delks, it's been great chatting with you. Thanks very much for joining us on First Chair. Thanks, George. I hope to get to hang out with you again soon. From the PSIA ASI studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas.